I want to go to uh, our teaching for the day. It's going to be found in Galatians chapter number uh, two, and we're going to do the last two verses uh, in Galatians chapter number two. That's verse nine and verse number 10, because this is where we get our subject. Galatians chapter, this morning I read verse seven down to verse 10. Uh, I'm just going to do verse nine and 10. Galatia uh, chapter number two, uh, and I'm just going to read verse 9 and verse 10, those two verses. And when James and Cephas, the word Cephas means Peter, when they perceive, uh, when they were seen to be Peter, pillars, Paul says, talking about the church, when they perceived the grace that was given unto me that they gave me in bottom of the right hand of fellowship, that we should go to the heathens, or we call it, that's what the Gentile was called then, heathens. Amen. And they, uh, uh, unto the circumcision, circumcision with Jews, uncircum- uncircumcision with Gentiles. The word circumcision means to have a covenant with God. So we didn't have a covenant with God, but the Jews did. And then in verse number 10, only they would that we should remember the poor. That was what, what Paul was asked to do. And Barnabas, because it, they kept the law. Remember, uh, what God asked them to do in the book of Deuteronomy was remember the poor. And that was the way they lived because at that time to remember the poor was to love one another as he had loved you. So that's why our responsibility is to love. And I'm going to show you that as we get into the message. All right. So we're going to go now until uh, our message today is going to be all capital letters, remember the poor. Remember, that's what he said. We're just taking that Remember the poor. All right. Now, the reason why we said that we gave it this morning, that Jesus already told them, uh, you go back and you read that when they had the alabaster box of ointment uh, in Mark chapter 4, verse 3 through 9. We're not going back to that this morning on this morning's tape. And the Lord said, the poor you always have with you. And whenever you can, you do them good. Now, that's why this ministry doesn't matter I mean, we have big bills here. Uh, when I say big bills, uh, uh, we have big bills. So we have to understand, in a, in a winter month, people do not understand, in a winter month, uh, when the weather down, that's why I'm so grateful. For, you may look and say, oh, man, it's 35 degrees a day, 34. I'm so grateful because when they get down to those single digits, we could have a $3,000 a month consumer bill. So you be, you looking at one thing, I'm looking at, you know, God cut my bill in half. You know what I mean? Somebody cut, somebody thank the Lord. Now, we don't just have a consumer. We got Detroit Edison. We got sisters. We got Sister Edison, you know. <laughs> Miss, Mr. Edison. I don't know how you say Mr. Edison or Miss Edison or Mr. Consumer, but we got, those people have to be paid or they cut you off. So that's, that's what we have. That's why we're so grateful. Then we have insurance. On, we have to have insurance on everything we have at the church. And so you have to understand that. So all of that has to be taken care of. Now, you'd be like, well, Pastor, how are we going to do that? That's why he sent you here. See, so you got to come to a place to realize, see, we are one. But let me show you how this works. Look at the book of Romans. Let me show you how this works. So you have to understand in the church, it's no different than in the house. Now, you may be at your house or whatever. You will not help pay no bills at the house. You stay with mom and daddy, and you don't give them a dime. I mean, that, that's, that's between you and mom and daddy. But you ought to know why they're doing that. So blessed to be the child who have his own. So they let you stay with them until you can save enough money to get your own. All right. You got to know why you're at home with mom and daddy. Okay. All right. Now. Uh, uh, mind your own business, Pastor. Let's move on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> all right. Now, you all don't, uh, didn't understand the way we used to do things when we grew up. When we were children, whatever we made, we brought it home and gave it to our mother. I know that's not the way it is today, but that's how we did. We worked 10 hours a day. Brought our money home, Sister Crump, remember these days, and brought our money home, gave it to our mama, but they can take care of the business of the house. So that's what you do when you give your offering to the Lord. 
not to me. You're not giving me anything. You're giving it to the church, unto the Lord. I get a, a salary from the church just like the other folks that work here. And so you have to understand, I have to pay my part too. My wife and I, we put aside everything we get, everything we get. We God said, who give it to us? We give more than 10% of that to the house of the Lord for the work of the ministry. Because we realize that. That if we want other folks to do that, we got to do it ourselves. And we are, we, we've been doing this, I'm going to say, all our ministry. All our ministry. I remember when I first started pastoring, and we was getting probably about $15 a week to pastor, and uh, we had to give our dollar fifty cents. Praise the Lord. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. You know, God brings you. That's why I tell people you got to start somewhere. You know, you may be saying, Pastor, I can't give nothing right now. You can give a dollar, can't you? Yeah. You ought to have, if you don't have nothing, you ought to have uh, $12, $12, you know, not, I'm saying four, month, four weeks in a month, $4, and then you multiply four times 12, you ought to have that much money. How much four times 12? 48, right? You ought to have at least a $48 giving. We, 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 we're not trying to put you in a box. You ought to give something to the Lord. All right, all right, let's move on. Now, and then when you give, you ought to give according to as he has to bless you. Otherwise, if God give you, like I said this morning, if God give you $200,000, you shouldn't just give him five. That don't sound right to me. But, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But let's move on. Now, that's why he, he give grace. I'm going to show you. Look at Romans chapter uh, 12. I think I, did I tell you what chapter the book of Romans chapter 12. See, the book of Romans, I'm going to read that out to NLT from 1 to 10. I'm going to start here. But I'm going to, I'm going to show you how, I, I believe the day, I believe the day, I said it this morning, how God's going to break the spirit of poverty off the people's lives that's, that go to this church. I really believe that. My wife and I, my wife and I, when we start, we start giving, we didn't know how to give. We didn't know how to give, and the Lord showed us how to give. We started somewhere. See, you may not be able to give what nobody else gives, but start somewhere. You know, you be, well, I can get this. I give a $5 continually, but give $5 continually you, if that's what you can do. You know, I mean, you just cut back on, 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 on a couple of burgers or something through the week. You know, you, know you, you have to see what you can do, you know. All right, now. Or you may have to not play that, trying to get that 900 something, whatever they call it. Uh, let's move on. You, you're, in the, you're in the business tonight, Reverend. Uh, Romans chapter number 12. All right, Romans 12 and 1. We are in the uh, you, NLT Bible. It says, oh, I'm going to come to you this camera. I'm going to come to you, sir. I'm going to come to your camera. Romans chapter 12 out of the NLT. Oh, he says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead. Now, watch what he said there. I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Now, I know people think they already have. Listen, when God wants your life, he wants your money. And I, I, don't, I don't think people realize your money and your life is the same. When a person don't give their money, they don't give their life the same way. If you keep your money from God, you are sure keeping your life from God. All right. It's no different. You and your money are the same. You can't, you can't change that, okay? And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all that he has done for you. Isn't that something? Why are you giving? Because of all that God has done for you. All right? And then it says, let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he would find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you'll learn to know God. Will, will, then you'll learn to know God's will for your life, which is good and pleasing and perfect. He said, because of the privilege and authority God has given me, Paul says, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body, and we all belong to each other. 
We all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, he's talking about the priesthood word, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If God's gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. It is, if it's giving, give generously. See, if God, how you know you have a gift to give? You got a job. Why you think God gave you a job? So you can have to give. I want, I want my wife to find me that verse. God gave you a job for, so you can have to give. Find that verse. See, we don't realize why God blesses us. When God gave us a job, he's blessing us so we can have to help others. All right? But, but that's, that's, I'm just teaching. That's all. I'm not judging. I'm just teaching. All right. If your gift is to serve others, verse 7, then serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, then be encouraging. If it's giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, Take the responsibility seriously. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what's wrong. Hold tightly to what's good. Love each other with genuine affections. And take the light in honoring each other. That's the first 10 verses. All that's good, but that's how you have to treat one another. Because remember, we are the body of Christ. All right? So the reason why, do you have that verse yet? Ephesians 4. It said, it'll come out and tell you that you may have the gift. All right, Ephesians chapter 4. From the book of Ephesians chapter number 4. And uh, verse number 28. So you can mark these in your Bible. Ephesians 4, 28. We're going to read that same thing out of the NLT, okay? We're going to do it out of the King James first. It says, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him work, labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, watch this, that he may have to give to him that need it. Let's go read Ephesians 4 uh, and 28 in the NLT. So God give you a job, have you making money, so you can be able to give to the minister to help others. So people don't realize we give to this, to this body. I got one person in here that I owe, and she know who it is. And I might have to go to the, what do they call that, Pam? Panda, and get that dinner. And you know who I'm talking about. All right. I'm going to get that dinner. I told her I was going to bring that dinner over this week, and I haven't got over there. We're going to get that dinner. Amen. God said, oh, no man anything but to love one another. All right. All right. That's why you don't borrow it. Don't, you don't borrow it, and then don't pay people back. I'm not, I'm just menacing the word, you know. I'm not looking at you or nothing like that. I don't know what your business are. As a matter of fact, even the Offering that comes in, I don't see the offering. They go to the people who take care of the offering. And my wife takes care of all your business, the mail and stuff. She seals up the stuff, and I just drop in the mailbox. I don't, I don't deal with that area. So I just minister the word. It keeps me free. All right, so when I say something, it's like, well, Pastor, I'm looking at, I don't see your mail. I don't know what you give. All right, but if the Holy Ghost convicts you, you need to think about it. All right, now Ephesians, I'm going to read that same thing, Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verse 28, right? We are the NLT now, there we go. If you are a thief, are you there? Uh, this is what the Bible says, at the NLT, it says, if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hand for good hard work. See, otherwise, if you use your hand to work instead of to steal, you get ahead. He said, then give generously, and then, and then give generously to others in need. Hmm. Well, that's what the word says. So you got to realize when God give you what, what he give you, 
he give you, because you are the person you have to help the church. Well, you may say, well, Pastor, I don't have anything left over, nothing, zero. Well, that's between you and the Lord. You know, I probably could find a few ways. I told the Lord the same thing. I told the Lord I couldn't tithe. I told him when I, my, my, when I first started, I, could, I, I can't afford to tithe. Man, we got four kids. I, I mean, I'm, I can't afford the tithe. And the Lord began to show me that I was playing the numbers in the church, I mean, in, in the street. I was playing the numbers in the street. Now, remember, everything that happened to me happened, happened to me over 38 years, you can see it up there. I've been pastoring 38 years. I've been in ministry 43. Ministry 43. All right. So just look at that. Okay, I was playing a number in the street and in the building when I go in the building. I'm talking about the stores. You go in the stores, I had me a long line there, you know. Then I go to work, the man, we had people in the, in the plants who, who, who took up numbers called street numbers. So I played the street number. So you, that way if you're going down the road and you happen to see a tag and you see you already played that number, you saw that tag, hmm, then you go play that number again. See, that's how I was. I was hooked. I was in trouble. You know, but I, the Lord showed me, he said, well, if you don't do that, you can play your time. You know, then I'd be in a good old hot, what you call a tunk game, five and ten, I'm talking about me now. Why well, I couldn't tie. See, when, I, when God showed me one time I lost my house money, the money to pay my mortgage, five and ten. And the Lord showed me, you, you can do it if you want to. And then if you stop drinking beer, stop smoking joints. See, a lot of stuff you can do to make sure God get his money. I'm going to leave that alone. Now you can figure the rest of it. That's just me. That was just me. Now remember that before I started ministering 43 years ago. All right, let's move on. So you can do what you want to do if you really want to do it. Let's go to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, verse 25. Let's go to work because I got to get, get this done. Acts chapter 11. But so you have to look at all the reason why you can't. You know. And then you get down, you have everything else taken out your check. Then you get down to the end and say, see, I ain't got no more. But you should have paid God first. That's what the word said now. You say, I love the Lord. You heard my sound. I every groan. See, we say that stuff. <laughs> uh, let's move on. Acts chapter 11. Now, let's see why the apostle Paul took up the money. Why did he talk about the money? Because his thing is to take care of the church that was in Jerusalem. All right, here we go. In Acts chapter 11, remember, they had a famine at that time. Some of you all don't realize that they, when, 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 when after Jesus died, he told them there would be famines. At, read Matthew 24. He told them the famines were coming. Well, this is when it happened. Uh, uh, Acts chapter 11, and we want to go look at verse number 25, there we go. Then departed Barnabas and Tarsus. He went to seek Saul. Remember, Saul had been sent home after he had uh, believed on Jesus, start preaching, and people wanted to kill him, and they sent him home. And verse 26 says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch, and it came to pass uh, that a whole year they assembled together with the church, and they taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians, Christians first in Antioch. And in those days came prophets from Jerusalem to Agabus. And there stood up one of them named Agabus. They came to Antioch. Agabus signified by the spirit that there should be a great dearth. That word dearth means famine. Throughout all the world, that word world means Israel. Throughout all the world. Which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. All right, Claudius Caesar was the king at that time. All right, other Romans. All right. Now, if you look at the, the notes, you will see that Claudius Caesar commanded all the Jews. That's over in Acts chapter 18 and verse 2, I think it is. But you will see this all the Jews to leave Rome because they blamed them for the famine. All right. 
Uh, and they probably was right because they didn't obey God. That's what thing was happening because they was in the Old Testament. And in verse number 29, and said, Then the disciples, every man, then the disciples, every man according to his ability. Now remember, that's how Paul got how to give, according to your ability. Otherwise, according to the grace God has given unto you. See, you have to understand what the grace is for. The grace is for your ability. So when you think about grace, I'm, in Romans, when I read Romans chapter 12, when I read that, you have to understand, I'm going to go back there because he, he gave every man grace according to their several ability. So when people have a certain amount of job, a certain amount of money they get paid for their jobs, then that's grace God has given you. So you give according to your several ability. See how much God blessing you with. That's how you give. That's why I'm saying if I, if I make $200,000, I shouldn't give 5000 because that just don't come out right. That's less than they gave under the law. And I believe anybody in the new covenant under grace, because you were saved by grace, not of works. God did everything for you, gave you everything up front. And all you got to do is remember him who gave it to you. So when you're giving God your service, your finances, whatever you're giving to the Lord, then you got to give the best of that. Because you are saying to the Lord, I, this is how I thank the Lord. That's why David said, what shall I render unto the Lord for all his benefits? So if you go back and look at all the benefits that God has given you in your life, that's why you give. And I say this, the older you get, the more you're going to thank God for just health and strength. The older you get. All this other stuff ain't not going to mean anything. I've been married to my wife 53 years, and God forbid that, that, that I can live another 53 years. We can be together another 53 years. But if that don't happen, then everything I have, somebody else going to use it. You know, make sure if you get married, the guy wears size 12 and 13. Make sure he wears size 13. At least he can get the shoes. You know, you got to understand, all this stuff that I have, I'm not going to take it with me. And in the same way, you got to see that, you got to be able to see that. So you got to be grateful to the Lord, thankful to the Lord, make sure you treat everybody right, and help as many people as you can. You don't know, when you're gone, your husband's going to marry somebody else, and they're going to wear your clothes, probably. So you might well, you might well... All right, let's move on. You bless as many people you can. All right, let, let's move on. Uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians. I'm just being honest. 1 Corinthians 16. See, people don't tell you the truth. I'm, I preach the truth and I speak the truth. I have nothing to hide. I already know my wife. I already told her, don't be sitting around here weeping. You go on and after you mourn, you mourn a few days. And after that, you, you, you let the Lord lead you from that day on. Amen. And hope you hope he well 46 long. Praise the Lord. Amen. I just, hope he, I just hope he can measure up. And I already told her, you, know, you don't marry anybody who treats, did not treat you as good as I did. And that's why I set the tempo. So when she finds somebody, you're going to be like, oh, my God, you're going to have to measure up. To, you got some big shoes to fill. If you can't shoe the fill, point to the door. Let's go to first 16. 1 Corinthians 16. See, my brother back there, Brother Hurd, just had a birthday and got an anniversary coming up. So, I, you know, they're my witnesses back there, my sister and brother back there. They know what I'm talking about. All right. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 16. Watch what it says. Verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints. So they took up money to go to Jerusalem. Because in, in Jerusalem they had a famine. Do everybody understand what it means when there's a famine? When there's a famine, brother, that, when there's a famine, you have nothing. That's what it, when you got a famine, they have nothing. Uh, matter of fact, if you've been around Pontiac quite a while, we didn't have a famine, but it got down, it got down there. I'm talking about when I first started the ministry uh, a little over 38 years ago, somewhere around 40 years ago, when, when General Motors Plant 6 closed down, I retired from General Motors Plant 6. Plant 6 did not give me a choice. 
they retired me. They said, you have enough time, you retired. They retired out my whole trade. And they gave me Social Security when I was 46 years old. Now, you look at Social Security then, it wasn't even about $1,200 a month. See, so you have to understand, everything, like I said, a lot of things has changed. They didn't give me no ultimatum. I, I could have gone and got hired another job, but that's when God called me to ministry. I was already pastoring when I was uh, working General Motors and driving the bus. But my point is, this is the route God chose for me. And so I think, I think that my wife, people don't know that, she worked at General Motors over 14 years. That's how we rolled. That's how we did. She worked days. I took her to work. Then I went to work. And I kept the kids. She kept the kids. I got home. And we got as much sleep as we could. That's how we worked. And we raised all our children. We never had a babysitter. That's how we did it. Now, we didn't do that because we didn't have no money. That was one of the reasons. But we did it because we wanted to be able to raise our children. And they're, they're in the church today. Right now. All right. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, now concerning the collection for the saints, I have given order, order, yeah, to the churches of Galatia, even so I do ye. Orders. This is not, this is a command. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay about himself in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. He said, otherwise, you, you put the money aside every Sunday, every, every paycheck. Don't wait till I come through there to pick up the money that you got to go all around your people and collect money. You have the money ready. Otherwise, when you come into church on Sunday, I already have your envelope filled out. You know, that's kind of like that, you know. Take a few envelopes home for next week. We got plenty of them up there. All right. Just like you ought to do your bills when you come home. You ought to have a book with your bills in there that you will know what you owe, how much it is, when the last one you paid. See, you got to become a business person now. And also have God in there. You need this how much I give the Lord. See, them your bills on a weekly basis. Most people got their book. They ain't got God in the book. All right, you, got, you can't make it without God, I'm telling you. Listen. Listen, my wife and I have been married. People ask you, how do you do it? I'm trying to tell you. A marriage is like a threefold cord. It's like braiding. Some of you know how to braid hair. You put two pieces together and tie them together, they come to loose. But if you put a third string in there and braid it, they'll stay together. So you got to understand, that's how it is. You got to have God in your life, God in your marriage. All right. All right, now Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16 and 3, and when I come, whoever shall God approve by your letters, then I will send to bring your liber liberality, which is the offering, to Jerusalem. And so they were taking up money and helping the church in Jerusalem. Now, let's move on, because we're going we're to show you how we got to what we got. Let's go to 2 Corinthians first, chapter 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So you can read these. When you get a chance, because I got, I got to stay focused. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse 1. But I always say to people, give something. Start somewhere. You know, you can say, well, I, don't, I, I really can't afford to give. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'm on a fixed income, and that's, you got that. You may say, well, I'm, but I'm going to give $5 consistently, Lord. See, that's between you and the Lord. And every week, put your $5 in offering. I mean, that's all I got. I mean, Lord, you bless me with something else, I do better. And God will begin to increase your income and just to see will you do better. See, that's how you got to watch God. That's, he did me like that. Man, I got up and started, I can give a hundred dollars. I'm going, man, I know I got a thousand. I was supposed to give a hundred. I knew. I knew. I'm asking myself, do I supposed to give a hundred? I knew what I was supposed to give. All right. Second Corinthians chapter eight. But see, it was harder to give that hundred than it was to give that dollar. See, so when God begins to increase you, you're supposed to increase. That's one of the things I'm going to show you on here. Watch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you the wit of the grace of God, bestowed upon the church of the Macedonians. So now that's what God gave them, was grace. 
how that in a great trial of afflictions, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty. Now these people in poverty, but watch what they did. Are bounded unto the riches of their liberality. I know you can't understand that, so I'm going to read it out of the NLT. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. These people gave and they were in poverty. See, a lot of times we say, oh, I can't give. No, you, you can give. You give if you want to. You may not be able to get that jet right now that you want to buy it. Oh, you know. But see, I've been buying Cadillacs and new cars all my life. And I'm telling God I can't tire. I didn't know, I, I didn't know cheer for giving. Then it was tired. I couldn't tire. We probably had a hundred new cars in our lifetime. Now we get two. We were getting two just about every year. I would drive vans already. All my children had cars when they got old enough that they had the first with the clunker. Though you always get the clunker first. <laughs> After the clunker, they proved themselves well. I bought them a brand new car. Every one of my kids had brand new cars. See, and I wanted to do that because I wanted them to understand I'm not going to drive a, a, a new van. I got bucket seat. We go somewhere. We had bucket seat. That's where we drove then. And my, all my kids had, had their own new car. Once they show when they can take care of business, you know, that's how we did. I made sure I paid for all, all of them to have a new car. I didn't want my kids to break down calling me all the time. <laughs> all right. Second Corinthians chapter eight. All right, verse 1 out of the NLT. Here we go. Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches of Macedonia. They have been tested by many troubles. They have been tested by many troubles. They are very poor, but they also are filled with abundant joy. We got a lady in here called Joy which has overflowed, they joy had overflowed, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. They begged us. That's something. Begged us. People ain't begging to give. I don't see nobody. Sister Crawford, anybody coming? You begging to give? <laughs> they begged. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we could hope. First action, the first, their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. That's what God wants first. And to us, just as God wanted them to. So, see, so you got people who give money, but they won't give themselves. God wants you first. Then, then give him your money. Okay? The Bible says, so we, verse 6, so we have urged Titus who encourage your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Ministry? You tell me giving is a ministry? See, you got people say, oh, yeah, I want to I I preach. You're going to preach what? You are not a giver. How can you have a ministry? See, a ministry, you must first give yourself, then you have to give unto the Lord, and then you, that's all a giver. You can't give if you don't give yourself. That's why I tell people you ought to give something. So we urge Titus who encourage your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excelled in so many ways, I mean, you, I can see other stuff come in your life other ways, but you still don't get no more. He says, in your faith, your gifted, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, he said, I can see all that's growing. Your love for us. He said, look, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. He said, I can see all the other stuff. You're getting, you're getting the, word, the wisdom from the word, but you don't give anything back to the Lord. 
See, that's what Paul showed them. All right, now, clap your hands. That's, that's a good one there. All right, we're learning to give. We're learning to give. That's what we're doing. We learn. You got to learn. If you don't hear this, you won't learn nothing. I got to make sure you learn. Now, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians 9, and I want to show you three things, how to break down 2 Corinthians 9. Number one, chapter 9, verse 1 through 5. Read it, read it, read it in giving. I'm not going to talk about that because I already have told them to be ready. So the, the 2 Corinthians 9, 1 through 5 is broken down like that. First of all, you have to be ready to give. That means when you come into the, the church, you ought to be ready to give. You're ready to give thanksgiving. You're ready to give praise. You're ready to give your offering. Why? You should have did that before you come in here. Make up your mind before you come in here. This is what I'm going to give the Lord. Because like I said, you ask the Lord, he sure will tell you. Just like your bill. You don't have to wait till you get in line, pay your phone bill. You should have all that already taken care of. Check already written, holding up the whole line because you got to go in. <laughs> so you got you to be ready to give. And that's the first principle. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 1 through 5. 2 Corinthians 9, 1, uh, 6 and 7 is principles. Principles in giving. Uh, that's usually what we read. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7. But we're also going to read verse 6 down to 13 because verse 8 through 13 are the promises in giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 7 are the principles in giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 13 are the promises in giving. So we're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and we're going to start reading. Remember, these people gave in their poverty, chapter 8. Chapter 9, and they beg, let us give again. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. See, that's why we do what we can in this church to help people. We don't just say that, we do that. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9, verse 6. This is what we read to you in the morning when we receive our offering. The Lord's offering. Verse 6. We're going to come to your camera again. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, King James Version. But this I say, now, once again, he's not talking about money, because that's what people think. They read this and say, uh, God, I got to sow my money. I, you don't sow money. All right. But I say he will sow it sparingly. Shall reap also sparingly. He which sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Now, remember, I gave you Galatians 6 and 7, uh, 6, 7, and 8 told you if you sow to the flesh, or the flesh is going to reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit or the spirit, you're going to reap life. You growing up, you probably heard it said this way. You're going to reap what you sow. All right, verse number 7. Every man according as he purposes, in his heart, I read you Deuteronomy chapter 15 this morning, every man has he purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, not necessity, God love it or chill forgiver. That's where we got that from. That's the attitude in giving. When you give, you ought to give cheerfully. You do not stingy. And then uh, he's talking about giving to the ministry. Of, uh, in verse number eight, and then he gave you the promise. Verse 8, and God is able, watch this, to make all grace abound toward you. Watch what he says. And this is when I said to the Lord, why people don't have. And this is what he said to me. God's able to make all grace abound toward you. He didn't say money, but he said all grace. He's able to make all grace abound toward you that you always having. So I'm asking the question, why people don't always have? They are not givers. Show me people. I'm going to show you the word. I'm going to, I'm going to take it this because you've got lazy people. See, so you got some people can do better. But they don't want to do better. And I'm going to show you the, the book is full of it. The richest man in the world taught why people are broke. And you go back in your Bible, you'll find out who it was in the book of Proverbs. 
All right, we're going to go to that next. Verse number seven, every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly of necessity, God love a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace. Man, when I heard that, I can't help from giving. He make all grace abound towards you, watch this, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may abound under every good work. Somebody, somebody clap their hand. That's so good, ain't it? And then he told you how he got that way. Because verse 9 says, he has dispersed abroad. He has given to the poor. Wait a minute. See, this guy was a giver. He, he, he has given to the poor. His righteousness remaineth forever. Then watch what God does to his, to his giving. Now he that ministers seed to the sower. Now, he's talking about the word. The only seed in this Bible is the word of God. You read Matthew chapter number 13, Mark chapter number 4, and Luke chapter 8. The seed is the word of God. And watch what it says in verse number 10. He that ministers seed, talking about the word, to the sower, to the preacher, both minister bread for your food. See, he showed me how to get the word. God gave me the word every week. And then he said, he multiply your seed sown. He's talking about the word. Remember, Paul was a preacher. He increased the fruits of your righteousness. Then he said, now being increased, being enriched, he's sorry, being enriched in everything, all, in everything, all bountifulness, which causes us thanksgiving to God. That everything comes back, we find ourselves thanking God. And then he called it the administration. Verse 12 said, for the administration of this service, not only supply the wants of the saints, talking about those in Jerusalem, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. Otherwise, many people are being helped by this ministry. See, why by experiment of this administration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and to all men. And so this ministry, I don't like to get into talk about what this ministry do because I don't want to do that. Sound too much like you're bragging. I don't want people to think that's what we're doing. But we do give in this ministry. We support other ministries. See, so we give to people of this ministry. See, we don't, we, we don't, we, 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 we try not to ever turn anybody down in this ministry. Don't come borrow no money. I'm not talking about we're ready to lend. I, I didn't say we're ready to lend. I didn't say that, okay. Now, our ministry, what we want to do with this ministry while we are going in a goal to pay off this ministry in 2024, because we are not done. We got some other thing we want to get done in this ministry. See, you got to understand, we're not just talking about what, we, what you see now. We want to go on. We want to come to a place, this ministry, so we can be able to get a lot of things done in this ministry. Come on, clap your hands and thank the Lord. All right, now, now let's go to Proverbs chapter 6. Let's, let's show you some stuff. Somebody said, get late in the evening. Proverbs chapter 6, verse 6. It's okay to have a little fun in the world, isn't it? Right, it's education. That's how we do it. In Proverbs chapter 6, uh, Solomon is Arthur, which is the richest man uh, in the Bible, that was in the Bible, type of Christ. But at the same time, he wanted to show how he was unwise in some areas, all right? And a lot of things he saw. So he's given us his wisdom. So in verse number four, uh, let's go back up to verse four. We are in Proverbs chapter six. We're going to start at verse four. I said four, six, we're going to start at four. Here we go. He said, give not sleep to your eyelids, nor slumber to your eyelids. Otherwise, he's talking about the people who sleep too much, they're going to go to poverty. See, people who sleep too much not going to work. When I first started working in Gentlemonis, I didn't have a car. And I had to get up in the morning and walk to work. I stayed on Center Street over there behind K Canteen, Fred Hawkins, down not too far from there, on Center Street. I got up every morning, my wife would tell you, 
I, my sister bought it. I slept on her sofa, matter of fact. Didn't even have a car. I got up in the morning. I had to be at work before 6 o'clock. And I got up in the morning, rain, shine, sleet, or snow. And I walked to Pontiac Motors uh, down on uh, Glenwood all the way down to Nate's. Put that next down there. And I walked down there with the new post office. Well, all that stuff down there with the post office at now. Well, it used to be plant six. Every morning before six o'clock. And I walked home after work. I knew nobody. Nobody knew me. And I had so much black dirt, they call it black gold, and work in the plant, because you work in the basement, you got all that black dust on you. And wasn't nobody gonna pick you up. I mean, that's how it was. I'm talking about until I found out the guy next door worked in plant six. And I'm going like, well, you know, things are looking up. But I got I to gotta find, you know, be able to ask him. I mean, it's okay. I, so the man was able to, okay, we, you can ride with him, but I won't be able to bring you back. Because he knew how I was coming back. <laughs> anyway, I'm halfway there. All right, but that's how it was. And, and that's how it was until I can afford to get me a car. See, let me move on. Now, give not your sleep, give not your eyelid. That's what he's talking about. Give not sleep to your eyes, nor slumber to your eyelid. Verse 5, deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the father. He said, deliver yourself. Go to the ant, thy sluggard. A sluggard is a person that sleep too much. See, some, some people need two jobs. Sleep too much. Let me move on. See, listen, if you got to work two jobs to do what you got to do, you got to work two jobs to do what you got to do. That ain't no shame in my game. If you got one job, pay a certain amount, you got to get you another job so you can get two jobs to make it fit. See, you, 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 you're going to catch up. You got to learn how to do this. Go to the ant, thou sluggard, consider her ways, and be wise, which having no guide, no overseer, no ruler, but she provide her meat in the summer, she gather her food in the harvest. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? Will you, thou, will you arise out of your, how long will you arise out of your sleep? Yet a little sleep, yet a little slumber, a little folding of the hand to sleep. Watch what's going to happen. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth, and thou won't as an armed man. That means these things gonna come and arrest you in your sleep. Poverty coming to get you. See, why? Because you don't take advantage of your age. See, there'll come a day when you get an age and you read uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, you'll find out, I should have worked when I was young. You see, because you get old, you can't hardly see. Can't hardly walk, can't hardly stand up. Ain't nobody gonna hire you. You're already a disability. I'm just telling you the truth. So you better listen, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. We're gonna read these out of NLT. These are really good. See, you gotta understand, you gotta be honest with yourself. You got a business, I walk up in the business 73 years old. They're gonna say, man, what you up in here? What you looking for? <laughs> I'm looking for a job. No, here you ain't. Man, you fool around and do anything. I'm, I got to pay you for life. You got to understand that. They're looking for the young guys now, 18, 19 years old. See, that's what you got to understand. You got to understand when you're young, 18, 19 years old, go get yourself a job. Save your money. Look at getting yourself a place to stay. And don't look at renting all your life. Look at having your own. God bless the child. <laughs> Always got to think that way. One day I'm going to have my own house. One day I'm going to have my own car. You got to think that way. If I got to work two jobs. Like I told you, my wife and I, this is how we worked. My wife worked days. She had to be able to work at 6 o'clock in the morning, sometimes 5.30, sometimes 5 o'clock. We had children. I had to get them kids up at that time, Renee. And then had to get up and Sandra, we had to go, get, get out there and take them up. I can't leave them at home. They got to go with us. Get up every morning, get them ready, go take my wife to work, come back, 
sleep with Renee in the bed as I hold her leg. I got to get some sleep. Amen. And then after a while, my wife got off at 3 o'clock. I got to go with my wife, pick up. Then I got to be at work at 4 o'clock. Then at 11, uh, 12 o'clock at night, she got to come get me. Then she come home and get her a few hours. And that's how we live. Am I right? You can do it. Don't tell me you can't do it. It's been done before. You got to want to get this thing done. And we didn't miss no time. My wife and I, we missed no time from work. Wasn't no thing about being late. See, it's what you want. That's what you got to understand. What do you want out of life? Because if you don't watch it, life's going to pass you by, and then you're going to be old, now you're going to turn around and blame everybody else why you ain't have. You can't blame other folk. Go to work. Proverbs 10, 1 through 5. Proverbs of Solomon. A wise child, we're in the NLT now, a wise child brings joy to a father. A foolish child bring grief to a mother. Train, I'm sorry, tainted wealth, tainted wealth has no lasting value. But right living can save your life. The Lord would not let the godly go hungry, but, the, but he refuses to satisfy the craving of the wicked. So you got to understand, if God don't take care of you, you ought to know what category you're in. Because he said he refuses to satisfy the craving of the wicked. You give wicked people money, they're going to go mess, off, mess it over. Verse 4, lazy people are soon poor. I'm going to drink let that sit in them. Lazy people. See, the only way you get to poverty, you got to be lazy. As a matter of fact, you can't, you have to be lazy to find poverty. Working people can't find poverty. It don't exist in their life. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. You decide. A wise youth, a wise youth harvest in the summer. But one who sleep during the harvest is a disgrace. Otherwise, when they're all hiring, every sign you see in the city, everywhere, we're hiring, we're hiring. Even the post office hiring. Got big signs that we're hiring. Everybody hiring. And you got people still ain't working. The godly are showered with blessings. Woohoo! You got it worse. See, that's one thing. Boy, God will give you a job if you're just godly. The godly are showered with blessings, but the word of the wicked could see a valid intentions. All right, I'm, I'm moving on. Let's go, to, let's go to the next one. I got some nice, juicy ones in here. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. We're in the NLT. Proverbs chapter 11. Make sure y'all mark it in your Bible. These are so good. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24. Give freely, become more wealthy. Wait a minute. Give freely and become more wealthy. So you can tell how people come to poverty, they cheat. Give freely, become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. People curse those who hoard the grain, but they bless one who sells in time of need. If you search for food, you'll find favor. If you search for good, you'll find favor. But if you search for evil, evil going to find you. Trust in your money and down you go. But the godly flourish like leaves in the spring. So you ain't got to worry about it. You, you, you live right, God will bless you. That's why I always tell people. That's something that God showed me. You can live right and God will bless you. But you can't mess over people. Proverbs chapter 12, I just read to you. Let's move to the next one. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 14. I read 11. I didn't read 12. All right, Proverbs chapter 12. 24 through 28. Work hard. We're in the NLT. 
Work hard. Got that good job, now you ain't go to work. Work hard and become a leader. Be lazy and become a slave. That's, that's something, isn't it? Work hard, become a leader. Be lazy, become a slave. Worry weighs a person down. Encouraging word chills a person up. Which one are you doing? <laughs> the God that gives good advice to their friends, the wicked lead them astray. Lazy people don't even cook what they catch. Talk about the game. They cook, they, they go, go hunting and let it rot. The diligent makes use of everything they find. The way of the godlet leads to life. The path, that path does not lead to death. I got a couple more I want to do. Look at Proverbs 14. You enjoying the word? Proverbs 14, 31. I'm almost getting there. I'm going to need about five minutes. Proverbs 14 and 31. Those who oppress the poor. I'm, I'm going to bag up a couple of them. Let's go back to verse 31. Th that's where I am, right? Those who oppress the poor insults their maker. See, you never talk about people that, when they, they don't wear what you wear. See, you'll, you'll see people and they don't have much. And I, and I, know, I know how I was. I was an embarrassment. When I went to school and when I had to, my shoes had holes in the bottom, we had to take a little wire and, 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 and wire them baby up on the side. Finally, we got us some of them called broke ends. Some of y'all know what broke ends, they brown and white. Can't wear them boys out. <laughs> you know about that brother called them broke ends? Man, I'm telling you, you never wear them broke ends out. Okay, but they, met, they went with everything. You didn't have no change. You had on some black and white, a brown and white, whatever. All right, but, so, but you don't mock people. See, you don't know why they're in the situation they're in. Your job is to help them, don't mock them. Don't put them down. Proverbs chapter number 19. I guess got two of them done. 1916. Proverbs 1916. See, in this house, we're going to remember the poor. That's why we spend money. We spend money on, on the people. We spend money on groceries. We do that because we want to remember the people. See, it's nothing. Like one time, we just spent, we got $1,200 at one time just on meat. My wife would tell you, I'm talking about 2,000 2, pounds or so, 3,000. So like I said, man, we're we not going to let the people of this church, you go to this church, we're we looking out for you. We not, may there come some time when you, can't, you, you have to pay your bills, you may not have the food in the, in the grocery store, call us, pay your bills, and then we'll give you the food. That's how you do that. <laughs> Ain't no shame in my game. If I got a bill to pay, I'm going to call the pastor. Look, man, I'm going to pay a bill this week. I need some food. Sure is. And I'm going to tell you, you leave here well pleased. I'm talking about that we have to go and shop for you. We don't play around. All right. Proverbs 19, 16. He said, lazy people, uh, uh, verse 15, said, lazy people sleep soundly, but idle leave them hungry. Verse 16, keep the commandment and keep your life. We're not in law, thank God. He says, despise them, you lead to death. So when they didn't keep the word, that's what kept them. That's what happened. You got to keep the word. If you help the poor, here it is, you are lending to the Lord. And he will repay you. If you help the poor, you lend to the Lord. So them people don't have, they can't pay you back. They'll tell you. That's why I tell you. If you don't have no money, stop telling them. Well, I'm, well, I'm, I'm going to pay you back. You know you ain't got no money. Just be honest. I ain't got no money. I can't pay you back. People rather have honesty. Don't holler about I need $100 and I'm going to be paying. You ain't not going to pay the man back. Just say, look, I don't have no money. I don't know when you're going to ever pay you back. Just be honest. People don't mind about helping you. 
Well, you keep saying, I'm going to pay you back next month. The next month come, you walk away. You don't, some, you know, people don't go to church. A lot of folks won't come to church. I, I, you know I owe that man that money. I just can't see. Just go to the man and say, I ain't got the money. All right, verse number 18. Discipline your children. That's the last one. While there's hope. Otherwise, they'll ruin your lives. No, no, it didn't say your life. You'll ruin their lives. See, if you don't discipline your children, you're just ruining their lives. I'm going to stop right there. I do, I'm not done, but my time has run out. Let's give the Lord a great big hand. And let's thank God for his word. Come on, get up on your feet. Come on, let's get on your feet. Thank God for his word. See, that's all God. God wants us to come to a place where we're, we're going to help one another. Give to the people lacking. Proverbs 28, 27. Just, 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 I'm closing this out, but I want you standing. Proverbs 28, 27. So you got to come to a place where you got to, you want a job, but you want a job to help people. That's how you get a job. Lord, give me a job so I can help somebody. And then when you get a job, go to work. Realize why you got it. I ain't going in there, man. Man, I ain't. I had, I, man, look, I had that job at General Motors. Man, I told the Lord, I said, man, you give me a job. That man asked me, he said, man, you got to go to the basement working that dirt, that suck dirt stuff. I said, look, man, I chopped cotton, picked cotton, wasn't about nothing. And, I, and at that time, we weren't making $2 an hour. Shoot, they making $35, $40 an hour now. But you got to be able to get a job and keep it. People hire you right now. They're not going to pay you no $30 you start in. They may say, look, we'll give you $15. Oh, well, no $15 job. Well, you don't want to, look, you can at least got a place where they're going to grow. You're not going to make $15 always. You got a whole lot of folks. When I started General Motors, I was working, two, wasn't even $2 an hour. But when I left from plantation, I made $15 a week. So I had got a raise. Proverbs chapter 28 and 27 says, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing. I want to show you on the screen. Whoever lends to the poor, gives to the poor, will lack nothing. See, that's why we give in this ministry. And I hope you understand. But those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. See, we, you, you can't shut your eyes when you're able to help somebody. When the wicked take charge, that's the next verse, 28. When the wicked take charge, people go into hiding. When the wicked meet disaster, the godly flourish. So listen, when God put the godly in charge, the church flourish. And so that's why you got to understand, you're not just working your job just to be there. You're working your job because one day you want folks to be working for you. You want to become a manager one day. You want to become an owner one day. You want to become a leader one day. But you start, you got to start somewhere. Nobody's going to hire you and let you be the superintendent. You just got the job. Learn the job, do well, get a good record. That's what they're going to go by. They're going to look at how you went to work. They look at your record, how you work. See, a lot of people, I, I, I met people like that. They work one and four. They, they're off one day, four. Work four, off one. See, after a while, they're going to come give you a pink slip. And that don't mean they buying you grocery. <laughs> come on, clap your hand. First Corinthians chapter 15. This is what the word says. First Corinthians 15, the Bible said, Moreover, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach. This is Paul's gospel. Paul is the one that told us how to give. Don't forget the poor. Remember the poor. Sometimes you pass old people on the streets. You can't give to everybody and everybody not poor. Well, a lot of them are. And a lot of times you can be driving and God will tell you that dollar you got right there. Give that man that dollar. I ain't giving nothing. That's the attitude. You don't understand. It may not, may not have anything to eat today. See, you don't know how much you help another folk. That's why it's hard, hard for me to pass up folk. I have turned around and went help folk. Everybody don't need That's why you need the Holy Spirit. 
First Corinthians 15, brothers, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you. Also you have received and where you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preach unto you. I have, unless you have believed in vain. Paul said, look, I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, how Christ died for your sins, according to the gospel according to the scripture and that he was buried and that he rose again from the dead according to the scripture see he said you can see this in the word that's why he died being raised again from the dead to fulfill the scripture he died buried and raised again from the dead to fulfill the scripture so when you need to be saved and you need to receive your salvation today God already gave it to you free God has given you his salvation free. Eternal life is free. But you have to receive his son first. So if you listen to us on this television broadcast, receive him. And this is what you do. You say, Father, I believe that Christ died for my sins. And I believe that he was buried in a grave, in a tomb to put away my sins. And then you raise him from the dead to justify me, make me right with you. I receive that. That's your salvation. And if you've done that, please call the ministry and let us know you have made Lord Jesus your Lord and your Christ. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.